All right, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to 2 Peter chapter 3. I'm going to change, I want to read verses 9 through 14. 2 Peter 3, <clears throat> 9 through 14. I'll wait on you because I love to hear the pages rattling. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men, men count slackness, but he's long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with vervent heat. The earth also and the works that are in it shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons Ought ye to be in all holy, lying, and godliness. Excuse me, living. <laughs> all holy living and godliness. Looking for and hasting unto the coming day of God, in which the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Father, I thank you for your precious word. And Lord, we thank you for these promises that we have, that we know what's coming. We know what's going to be in the end. And I pray that you'd help us to understand what we are to be doing as we go through this life. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, verse 9 uh, talks about uh, some promises. What, what promise is Peter talking about in verse 9? Um, what I believe he's talking about is the words of Jesus in the Gospel of John where he said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, but he's also in me. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I've gone to prepare a place for you. Can you imagine that? That's what Jesus has been doing for over 2,000 years, preparing a place for us. And he said, if I go and prepare, and he did go. So we're looking for him to come back. He's gone there to prepare us a place. I will come back and get you and carry you to where I am. Well, you know, we take up maps. We have a map quest and uh, Rand McNally and uh, cell phones and smartphones and on the list goes. Um, but you're not going to find that on it. The way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, it was Thomas who said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, how in the world. Are we going to know the way? And he said, I am it. I'm the way, the truth, the life. And if you want to be with me in heaven, you've got to come through me in order to get to and with the Father. So that's what the promise he's talking about. And you see, the, the second coming of Jesus, um, we could say it's popular among preachers. We could say it's not popular. Um, you know, I hear this that our preacher never preaches on hell. Our preacher never mentions hell. Our preacher don't preach on tithing. He never mentions money. Well, you know, it's just what do you want? 
You know, what, what, what I want, what you want may not be what God wants. So he's given us his holy word uh, that we can select and choose and, and try to expound on what he's trying to say to us. Um, Jesus said and Jesus promised the gospel of John. Where he said, in the beginning was the word. And the word was God. The word is God. Everything he made was not made without him. And uh, that's what we go by. I count on the word of God. And some folk are, are settled in, bent on, bound, determined that there's no other Bible other than the King James Version. Okay? I love the King James Version. That When I was growing up, that's all I had. Okay? And so what scripture I have memorized, I memorized the King James Version. Now, I don't plan to memorize these others lest I get tangled up, okay? Uh, but I didn't say I don't, uh, I don't read after and I don't use these others, which I do. Because sometimes uh, I just need a little extra help uh, because old King James, what, the language he put there, is beyond my learning, so I got to drop back and and see what else is being said. Um, you know, God speaks to our heart, and we need to listen. Um, evil men deny the second coming. Uh, well, they say, well, hey, Jesus has been gone over 2,000 years, and he ain't come yet. I doubt if he's coming. Well, I take him at his word. I take him at his word. I don't know when he's coming. I have no idea of no, when he's coming. Jesus don't even know when he's coming. But only the Father in heaven knows. And so, therefore, you know, we just need to live for him. Because he said, I will not leave you, okay? Well, he's already gone, but he's coming back. And he's not going to leave us in this particular generation because of the Holy Spirit of God that lives within every born-again child of God. No matter what people might say or what they might think. Listen, we need to teach our children, not only here at church, but those of you that have little children and, and like Lynn and I with grandchildren, we teach and we, we talk to them and we try to show them that it's sin in the world is the reason our Jesus had to die. And when we talk to little children, we ask them, you know, hey, you know Jesus? Yeah, I, I know Jesus. Now, I'm not saying being saved. Uh, they've heard of Jesus. They've heard Bible stories about Jesus. And I'm thankful for our little children and our children's department that teach about Jesus. They also teach about the creation that God created this, this world and everything in it. They also teach that Adam and Eve sinned and people began to die. And they've been a dying ever since. And they're going to keep on dying until Jesus comes. So um, look at verse 8 of chapter 3. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. One thing. That one day is with the Lord a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. Um, you know, we, I believe that. People say, you think that God created the world in, in six days and the seventh day rested? I just don't believe that it was 24 hours per day. I believe it had to be more. Why? Hey, God spoke this thing into business. It wasn't like 
hey, hands on, I'm going to take this clay and make it good and round, and, and I'm going to put water over here and, and earth around here, and then I'm going to set that thing a spinning like a top, and I'm going to tilt it. No, hey, he spoke the thing into being. And when we, when we think about that, I want us to think about the last days. Um, you know, the last days sometimes um, is fun to look forward to, but also the last days is not, look, uh, is not fun to look forward to, okay? Uh, children look forward to the last days of school. Hello? Uh, some of us look forward to the last day of public employment. But what about a person where the doctor might say, you've uh, you got six weeks to live? That's what they told my mother. Said she's got about six weeks to live. It was six weeks to the day. Six weeks. What do you do in six weeks? What do you say to a person who only has six weeks to live? And I've heard family members say, don't tell them that. Why not? They need to know. I want to know what's ahead, okay? Don't be outside the hospital room whispering about, hey, he ain't got but a few hours left. Get in there and tell him, hey, man, you ain't got but six hours left. What, what do you want to do? Bring me two Mountain Dews and three milkshakes. I mean, if that's all I got, I want to leave out of here sacked up and loaded up, okay? Hey. But the last days, the last days on this earth, First of all, verse 11, I hope you'll leave your Bible open now. Verse 11 is a call to Christian believers. It says, seeing then that all these things, these things is what he talked about, that the earth is going to be burned up and all this stuff in it. And they're going, he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. Somebody say, what's he want to go to that trouble for? It is no trouble for my God, Okay. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought we to be in all holy living, conversation, and godliness? What manner of persons should we be? He says, in all holy living, set apart for the service of God, serving the Lord. There's not, there's not a better person to serve, okay? Serving the Lord. But we sing, serve the Lord with gladness. When we think about that, it's our holy behavior. It's our conversation. The words that come out of our mouth. And sometimes, you know, I have to apologize for words that come out of my mouth. Why? Because I'm a sinner, okay? I'm a saved sinner, okay? I have that old nature still in the back, kicking its heels up, wanting me to get out of line and to get out of hand so that he's wanting us to live for him with that holy living, <coughs> excuse me, of God. Separated life even. The Bible says, be ye separate. Thus saith the Lord, come out from among them that live ungodly and live a godly life. Now, I know that some of you, you've told me, you've lost friends because you have chosen the Lord over them. Well, when we stand before God, you know, we're not going to have to say, well, I, I would have served you, Lord, but I served my friends over here. That won't get it. We, we need to be about the 
Father's business and, and serving uh, the Lord. So the call to Christian believers, okay? In these last days, not only the call, but as also the conviction of Christian believers. Look at verse 12. Looking for and hastening unto the coming day of, the Lord, of God, in which the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with some kind of magnificent scalding hotter than you can ever believe heat. Uh, when we think about that, he says looking for. What does that mean? That means to expect. That means to wait for. The Bible says they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And we all get weak from time to time. Not only, listen, not only do we get weak physically, but sometimes we get weak spiritually. When we neglect the word of God, when we, we neglect our prayer life, when we neglect our church attendance, we become weak. I saw a church sign that says, uh, what did it say? One W-E-E-K, one week without prayer makes one W-E-A-K. Oh, ain't the brain something? Flew out this side and flew in on the other side. You know, God wants to hear from us. We're his children. He wants to hear from us. And it's okay. Let me tell you something. Some of you may not agree with this. It's okay to whine to God. God, why am I having to, why am I having to go through this? Why am, why am I being mistreated here? God, I'm, I'm faithful to you, and I, I, I want to be closer to you. And God might say, okay, you want to be closer to me? You're going to have to go through what we're going through, and I'm going to cause you to be drawn closer to me. All of us, hey, all of us have some kind of neglect, you know, in our life. Uh, we neglect a lot of things. <clears throat> Excuse me. But he says, looking for, to expect, to wait for. That word hasting, hasting, to desire earnestly by faith and prayer. How long should you pray for something? How long should you pray? I've heard people say, look, I, I'm done praying for them. I've prayed for them for years. There ain't nothing happened. I'm done praying for them. I think back about me. How many people prayed for me? How many people prayed for my salvation? How many people that maybe God spoke to and said, I don't want you to say nothing to Kenny about it, but I'm calling him to preach. If you just pray harder, that he would listen. I wonder how many people prayed. And I tell people sometimes, listen, if you don't soon obey the Lord, you, you're causing me, I feel like I can waste my time praying for you. <laughs> I don't want to waste my time praying, but I don't think, I don't think we waste our time praying, Okay. Uh, a lady in, in Earl's Grove Church told me after her husband at 70 years old got saved. She said, Preacher, I, prayed, I have prayed for him for 40 years that he get saved. He was abusive. He liked to drink. But, buddy, let me tell you, when God saved him, he got baptized and he got right. And he loved and treated his wife right because of Jesus and so we should never give up praying for somebody when God gets through this old world 
He himself is going to destroy it. I've heard it said before, if all of the other nations turned loose of all their atomic equipment, what have you, would wipe us off the map, it'd wipe the world away. I don't care what they set off, they're not going to wipe the world away because that's God's, okay? He is going to be the one to destroy this earth, okay? And uh, we're not going to be destroyed as his children. We're going to be taken care of. The Bible says that, that, you will not, uh, that uh, his seed will never be found begging for bread. His seed is those who have accepted him as their Savior and Lord. And they're not going to be found uh, begging for um, bread. Now, we need to have some convictions about living uh, for Jesus. We, need, we sing a song again. We need to live a life that is true. So nobody will doubt. Well, you know, I know, you can't depend on what he says all the time. Well, you know, that's a shame if that's true about somebody. You can't depend on what they tell you all the time. Well, what's that mean? Does that mean they lie or they just can't remember? Well, we need to live a life that is pleasing to Jesus. We need to live a life that is obedient. Uh, to Christ and his word, we need to have convictions about his word. If his word, listen, if his word says it, I'm not going to change it. The Bible talks about it. You know, we'd be in danger of trying to change what the word of God said. But listen, you, you, can, uh, you can make anything work if you want to, but it may not be the will of God. You can justify anything in your life and mine, but it may not be the will of God. And if it's not the will of God, then it's not Scripture. And so, you know, here we go. If we're expecting Jesus to come, we need to be looking for him. Um, when I think about these last days, not only the call that he extends to us to become Christians, but the second thing is uh, uh, the convictions that we have. And then the third thing I want to make mention of is the confidence. The confidence of Christian believers, banded together, okay? One of us can do a little. Two of us can do a little more. A bunch of us can do a lot. When we put our heads and our minds and our hands together, we can make it happen. And that's what God wants as a family. Um, I use this as illustration, and if anybody tells them, I'll, I'll owe them some money. So don't tell them, okay? I tease Caleb's three grandyoungers because when they at the house, well, you know how grandparents are. We let them have a little soft drink here and a little soft drink there. Caleb, uh, he raises them on water and boot camp. And Caleb, um, his oldest is Arden. He got that out of the Bible because Caleb had three sons and one of them was Arden. And that's where he got his name from. Arden was at the house, not this last time. I was in the shop. I have a refrigerator out there. And he says, he eased up to me like somebody was going to hear him. Come up right beside me and say, got anything to drink? Anything, anything to drink. <laughs> I said, go and get, open the refrigerator and get what you want. And then the other two find out, here they come. Well, you know, and I tease them. I said, y'all, you got it made over here at Granddaddy Mimi's house? 
I said, I'm sorry, y'all got to go back to boot camp. And, and Ansley, she's the middle child, she said, Granddaddy, what's boot camp? I said, the way your mama and your daddy tell you what you got to do and when you got to do it. Arden, hey, he's eight. His responsibility is to gather all and empty all the trash. Ansley, her job is to load and unload the dishwasher. Their room heads, their responsibility. They're teaching them. Hey, you might, I call it boot camp. You know, get, get tough in there. And so that's why <laughs> they look so forward to coming to our house. Josie Grace, she's three. She's wired. Double what her granddaddy is. Really? I don't know how to say this, but what can you, what do you call it if uh, one of you got a particular telephone and I got one, you can, I can see you and you can see me? FaceTime. I'm glad somebody knows what it is. Well, <coughs> Caleb got Josie Grace because they knew they were coming to the house. And Josie Grace said, I want to see Granddaddy. Well, they got on there on Lynn's phone, and they got, got on the phone. Well, here she is. She's looking at me, and she got up closer, and she was going to touch me. She, she reached out, and Caleb said, no, you can't do it. You'll mess up. Well, here she comes again. She got right up at it. I went, yeah. Well, she jumped back. Like <laughs> I mean, just have a good time. Then she says, I want to go to granddaddy's house. I want to see granddaddy and I want to see the chickens. And I want, on and on she went. It didn't make no difference. She just wanted to come to granddaddy's house. She's learned, hey, it's tough living at home. And I want to go to granddaddy's house. I told one of them, I said, do you think we need to mention this to your dad? No, I don't. I wouldn't mention to daddy. Mm. Don't mention that to daddy. In my closet, all my belts hang together. Arden one day said, Granddaddy, is all them your belts? I said, yes, sir, they're my belts. My daddy's got some. I said, what's he do with them? He uses them on me. <laughs> I said, you know what? I used to tear your daddy up with a belt. I said, look how good he turned out, Arden. I said, you've got to hang in there because you're going to get better and better. You've got to encourage them along the way. Well, we went to UCLS for lunch. That was a fiasco. <laughs> Land says, here's what they want. You go order it. I'll keep order at the table. Well, you know, naturally they want a soft drink, and we let them have it. Arden got a mellow yellow, and I guarantee you it didn't last five minutes. It's, I mean, it's gone. He's looking at Mimi, can I have another one? She said, no. I told you you could only have one. Poor little thing. I wanted to slip him something, you know. And of course, before they left, they got their highlight. Granddaddy, I want a piece of bubble gum. I mean, one of these big old balls of bubble gum. And they know where it is, and so we go. And you know, God's the same way. We are in training, y'all. Everything's not like we want it. You know, the, you remember the Egyptians, they, I mean, the, uh, the children of Israel, when they left out of, of Egypt, they said, why in the world do you bring us out here to die? I'd rather be back over there. 
slaving and be over here and, and drinking water and eating whatever this stuff is. They just keep sending it. It's the same old thing all the time. Listen, that was boot camp. That was training for what's coming. Okay, we don't have to like everything God's doing for us and to us and through us, but it's for our good and his glory, right? And hey, it, we just got to hang in there. It's not easy. It's not supposed to be. But we need to have confidence. Look at verse 13. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth in which dwelleth righteousness. Not mine. I can't keep myself straight, let alone keep you straight. So it's God's righteousness through Jesus Christ plus nothing. Uh, <clears throat> we got to have confidence that our Lord is coming for us. Now, according to his promise, notice it's not my promise, it's not your promise, it's by the promise of God. He said, I'm going to send my, my son, and he is coming. New heaven and new earth. You see, the present heavens and the earth, they are beautiful to look at. Um, but our earth is under a big curse. You know, things is not like they used to be, uh, and it's all because of Adam's sin. Uh, the new heaven and the earth will be new in quality. And listen to this. It will be free from the curse of sin. Can you imagine living in a place where there is no sin? I mean, I can't imagine that. But that's what, according to the Bible, that's what it's going to be. Uh, new heaven and new earth. There's a word there, dwelleth. In other words, lives there where the righteous are going to live forever. Those that have been redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not my righteousness, not yours, but it's God's right kind of living. Having a right standing with God, now listen, and with man. I mean, how can I say I'm right with God if I'm not right with either one of you? How can I say that? I've never seen God. How can I say I'm right with Him when I can't get myself right with you and I see you and I hear you? So if God's going to do away with and destroy and burn up this earth, what's going to happen to the righteous? Listen to this. We will be forever in the presence of the Lord. Listen to Isaiah. If you're writing, Isaiah 26, 22. Listen to this. For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain with me forever in God's presence. That's going to be something. Let me give you the last thing. We're talking about these last days. Uh, the call, the conviction, uh, the confidence, but then the character of the Christian beliefs. In verse 14, he says, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, such things as the return of Jesus, new heaven, new earth, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and without blemish. Beloved. Who is the beloved? That's the divinely loved ones of God, that he loves us. Now listen, God knows we sin. I mean, the Bible says if we say we have not sinned, we make God out to be a liar, and his son, Jesus, the truth, does not live in us. We're all sinners. If we're saved, we're sinners saved by the grace of God plus nothing. I didn't do anything to get saved but believe I didn't do anything to pay for my sins. Jesus paid for my sins. 
Be diligent, the Bible says. Be diligent. Do your best. Make haste. <coughs> Take care. Hurry on because time is running out. In peace, that verse says. It refers to the saints living in peace with one another. You know, it's sad when church members uh, can't get along. Uh, you know, if something was to break loose here in, in our congregation, it would be known throughout Oconee County before morning. It's just this how it goes. The devil, he, he breeds on that kind of stuff of, of seeing Christians fighting among one another, but in peace. And then the Bible, that verse says, without spot. Without spot is free from judgment. Listen, we are not going to have to answer for any sins that we committed prior to our salvation. That's over and done. That's under the blood. What we will answer for is the life we've lived from the time we invited the Lord into our heart up till now. That's what we will answer for. That's what we will give an account for. It don't mean we'll lose our salvation. We may lose reward. We may lose, <clears throat> we may lose crowns, but we won't lose our salvation. Without spot, free from judgment. Blameless, it says, that which cannot be blamed or found fault with. Remember Pilate, what he said about Jesus? What do you want me to do with him? Crucify him. Why? What evil hath he done? What has he done? They couldn't name one. They just kept shouting, crucify. Well, you know what happened. Thank God it did because it paid for your and my sins. I asked the question as I asked myself, are you looking for his coming? Is your hope built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and his righteousness? Um, according to Scripture, we as Christians could hasten and speed up the coming of the Lord. I'm going to give you two reasons. First of all, by prayer. Praying. What did Jesus say? He taught us to pray. Thy kingdom come, right? That's what he said. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done here as it's being done there. When you do away with the old and the, and the heaven, you're going to have a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. Not only by prayer, but we can hasten uh, uh, the coming of the Lord by preaching. Now listen to this. Matthew tells us that Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. That's Matthew 24, 14. The preaching. Several years ago, the Southern Baptist Convention came up with a, a bold mission thrust. Their goal was that the entire world, by the year 2000, would have heard about Jesus and then the end would come. But it didn't happen. We put forth every effort possible but it didn't happen. There are still places, what I understand, according to our mission board, according to missionaries, there are places even yet that the gospel has not reached. That's amazing, isn't it? That the gospel has not reached. I guess you could say I came the long way around this evening. I came up Greenfield Road. I don't know about you. I don't know how much you know about Greenfield Road. But I'm not afraid to say there are hundreds of houses on that road. 
And I saw them do a little bit of everything. They might be like some of our folk. They don't come on Sunday night, but I'm thinking, how many of these people have ever been contacted? How many of these people go to church? How many of these people are saved? I would take a gander and guess most people on that road are lost. Because most of the world's lost. Few there be that find that narrow way. But many there be going in the wide way. So, we could hasten the coming of the Lord by prayer, by preaching, but also by repenting and obeying God. Simply repenting, obeying God. And that, that verse uh, in the scriptures says, what manner of persons ought we to be? Seeing, seeing that the coming of the Lord could be any time, what kind of person should we be? Father, thank you for the evening. Thank you for this time to be with my family. Uh, Lord, I trust that Lynn and the children have arrived at their destination. I pray that they would have a good week. I pray for our church family. I pray for our uh, meal crew for Wednesday night, that you would bless them. May they have good help. I pray for our good news club tomorrow as we will be short on help. I pray that you bless the children. Lord, we look forward, so forward to sharing the story about Jesus tomorrow. We look so forward to greeting those precious little souls, Lord, that uh, some of them, it's the only time they hear about you is at Good News Club. I thank you for our church that supports that. And I pray that you bless every home that's represented in this room tonight. And I pray that if anybody, anyone needs to come to this altar tonight, join, whatever, God, I pray that your will be done in this. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Mark.